Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. Run away from home tonight, Zeus. The rosé wine that's like a trip to Portugal. Portugal. Climb the cobbled streets of yesterday in Obidosh. Lunch in the shade of medieval walls on native cheese and wine. Matus Rosé. Hey, hey, Bring it on home. There is physical evidence that as an ensign, Dodge became so physically intoxicated that he not only allowed himself to be tattooed, but tattooed on his genitalia. Now, call me a prude if you want, but I don't think it's good policy for the Navy to hand over a billion-dollar piece of equipment to a man who has welcome aboard tattooed on his penis. Ty Webb, Heavy Longmire, Gustav Mateblanc. Is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second? This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato, enlighten me. I want to thank you for helping out, Brad, professor, author podcast host, world's eminent prime animal cage fight expert, uh, lover. Man of mystery. Man of mystery. You are mysterious. You uh, are the better half of Below the Belt, the podcast on the Blowout Podcast Network. Certainly the most interesting. Right? And, and the least smiley. Yeah, he can't stop smiling. Of course, he could kick both of our asses at the same time. Easy. Easily. Yeah. But he can't defeat a raccoon without a glass of rosé. What is going on with that? That was the craziest story. So for those of you that don't listen to Below the Belt, but you do listen to Can You Hear Me, Brad and his partner Ryan on the podcast were discussing a recent trip that Ryan went camping or glamping, I guess, probably, and he was enjoying a glass of rosé by the campfire. When a, uh, a raccoon, or was it a possum? I think it was a raccoon. It was a raccoon. It was a raccoon. Came and tried to steal his barbecue skewers off the table. <laughs> and Ryan chased the raccoon, throwing a glass of rosé at him. Well, he didn't throw the glass. He no, just, I mean, he splashed it. Yeah. yeah. Like, throwing the, the actual glass is kind of cool. That would be badass. But, but chasing a, a raccoon off with wine is not cool. Threw a uh, a a drink in the raccoon's face, basically. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's that was a crazy story. Well, I'm worried because I didn't get much sleep last night. I was telling Gus this earlier. So if I'm if I'm out of it, if I'm not on top of things, then uh, I apologize. Well, I think our listeners who have uh, been with us for a while they remember your past episodes where you've helped me out, and I think that. Uh, I think they, they know what to expect. And for those that you don't, Brad is one of the most intelligent people I know. No. You know, it's true, but he's also just about as eccentric as I am. Maybe more on a given day. 
So it's usually been a, a pretty interesting time to me whenever we get together and talk. You're one of my favorite people to talk to. That's You're for one sure. of my favorite people to talk to. And we'll wait to make out till after the mics are off. But yeah, I looked forward to it. And we don't get together very much, you know, with schedules and everything. So I really appreciate it. The reason I had to have you for this emergency recording was that Ty and Heavy and I did record a couple of weeks ago, and we did three episodes, as you know, we normally do three or four at a time. The first one, which I've released, was fine. The second one, uh, I have to review and maybe have the lawyers look at, because I'm not sure we want the public to hear it. And the third one was after a lot of alcohol, and it probably is going to go in the vault, maybe to only be released after... We're all three dead from a suicide pact. And uh, so you, being the giving lover that you are, stepped in and said, hey, I can help you out. And so I appreciate that. Well, I, I want to say that I've been listening to your podcast since the beginning. And you guys, I mean, really coming into your own. I don't listen to many podcasts these days just because a couple different reasons. But um Maybe five. You guys are one of the five. You guys are, well, you guys are awesome. That's high praise. I appreciate it. You know, it's been a rough third season because we have had some scheduling things. There were a lot where I had to do it by myself because I was traveling. I don't listen to those all the time. I don't blame you. <laughs> I, I, I like the information and stuff, but I don't if blame it's something you at all. I know about, I, I... Yeah. I don't blame you at all because, like I said, I don't like ever missing a week, and you know how that is. And it's one of those things, like, I feel this compulsion to put something out yep but at the same time i realize whenever i do that it's not our greatest effort so well, sometimes though sometimes when it's stuff i don't know about like the one on the uh, uss pueblo yeah pueblo. Pueblo. yeah it's uh um, that was a really good one i enjoyed that one I, it's it's probably one of the better ones of the the solos that one in the the polonium poisoning that one. was great too yeah uh, the rest of them kind of pale in comparison and it's been sometimes like back around the holidays Times were hard, and I was just kind of scrambling for something to talk about, basically. And it's not easy to just talk for an hour or so by yourself. By yourself, that scares me. Like I've contemplated starting a history podcast. I've, uh, you know, I think I know enough history to do it, but the idea of just talking by myself, if it's frightening. Well. See, I think you would be better suited for it than I would be because you lecture. I've seen examples. You know, you've shown me notes you were working on for your lectures. They look super detailed. I, I, I'm telling you, I uh, two thousand pages of notes. I, I don't have any problem putting that together, but just I feel stupid. I tried it one time. I feel stupid just sitting there by myself, like with nobody to play off of. Well, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I found that having a mirror in front of me helped a little bit. Oh, weird. Okay. Because you can see yourself and it kind of makes you emote and kind of put in some inflection and find myself doing fake laughs. Like, ah, ha, ha. Like, who are you laughing for? I've caught myself doing like a chuckle or something like that. But I, I will admit that I edit those heavily. You know, it's not like a one take thing and so i'll go back and I'll, I'll stumble upon something and the first one i did the polonium i had just an outline but after that it's pretty much just turned into a script yep for the most part 
It takes a long ass time. And uh, it takes a while to do it. And you know how that goes. But to gather that together, but it's, I, I don't see how somebody like, um, oh, the uh, hardcore history, Dan Carlin. How, I don't know if you've ever listened to his stuff. Bare, tiny bit. That's it. It's insane, you know. And and I know I know he has researchers as well. It's not just him. I think. Are you sure? I think he might do it by himself. I thought he had some research. I, I could. Be I could wrong. be wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I know. Uh, I know other people that kind of do that sort of thing. Usually have somebody helping a little bit. And I don't even know how that would work personally. But you ever see somebody with hammer toe? Yeah. I mean, I have. I or do I want to? Have you? Like yeah. you can see my feet right here. My dad has it really bad. I'm worried about. I'm getting it because like uh, I got this little callus right there. I don't think that's what makes hammer toe. What's hammer toe? Isn't that when your toes curl inward or no, something? No, I thought like hammer that? toe was had to do with your your big toe. Like my my dad's toe, like his big toe is turning in towards the rest of his toe, and it's from wearing dress shoes his whole life. I'm not a podiatrist. I wish you were. I- I don't. I don't like feet. I, feet are disgusting. I feel bad putting my feet up, but I'm I'm very comfortable putting my feet up. But I have one foot that just gets dry and gross, and this other foot over here, this one's not a gross foot, but it's got the callus. So I rarely go without socks. Mm-hmm. I don't wear sandals or anything. Heat. I get hot. Like if I put on socks, it's, it automatically increases my body temp by five degrees. Okay, hammer toe is contracture deformity of one or both joints of the second, third, fourth, or fifth toes. So not the big toe. Okay. This abnormal bending can put pressure on the toe when wearing shoes, causing problems to develop. Hammer toes usually start out as mild deformities and get progressively worse over time. Boy, my dad, his toes are messed up. So your callus on your, and I don't know foot anatomy. Yeah. The callus under, on the outside of your big toe at the pad there, I don't think that's hammer toe related. Well, I, I'm just afraid that it's step one, and then because because I'm looking at your your right foot and it's fine. Put your left foot where I can see it head on. All right, like, like see right there. I mean, a little, they, it's a little callus, and I I don't think that's hammer toe. All right, I'm just know. worried. Again, I'm not a podiatrist, and I'm pretty sure out of the hundred people that we have listening to us, no one else is. Okay. But if you'd like to diagnose Brad's foot problems, just send us an email and I'll have him take a picture of it and send it to you. That's going to get the foot fetishes people in there. Dude, who was it? Somebody was talking about foot fetishes the other day. That's something I, I don't... Oh, it was uh, Dave Lane. I, I don't have foot fetish. I think feet in general are yeah, just I don't, gross. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean... Yeah. It, it's, it, if people listen to, to Blow the Belt, like, I wash my hands obsessively. Yeah, you like, are... OCD. I, you know what I've start, started doing, and this is uh, taking us in a different direction, but I uh, started taking cold showers, and like I don't get dry skin anymore. I think I was just basically removing the whole top layer of my skin because I'd put the shower temp up like 130 or right. something and just... Were you, and it could be you're taking longer showers with it hot. Yep, that's it too. That, so that I'd be in there for definitely. like 20 minutes. I noticed I spent a couple of weeks up in uh, Washington State back in the spring... And the water was different up there than in. It was a long trip. And you mentioned cold water making you smell, and I'm worried I smell now that I take cold showers. I don't think I mentioned that. You said I took a cold shower, so I was worried I smelled. Oh, well, it's because I didn't spend any time in there. Oh, okay. It wasn't because of the cold water. It was because I couldn't stand to be yep. in the cold shower for with it like 40 degrees outside. It was unpleasant. 
So I was just a little worried about that. Luckily, I was only dealing with like three people. So well, what got me on this anything. kick was Cuba, like the place I stayed at didn't right. have hot water. And so did it for a week and my skin started. But that's different because it's the tropics and it feels, I mean, I've certainly, you know, when I was a kid going to like summer camp for Boy Scouts, there would be no hot water, the showers, you know, but it'd be a hundred degrees outside and you take the shower and it's not that bad. It's a totally different thing when it's, like I said, 40 degrees outside and you have to yeah. take a cold shower. That's a, It's been easy because it's been the summer, yeah. you know, maybe if it's in the winter, I'll, I'll change my tune. But I know people that, that swear by it. Um, I, my only thing I'd forgotten that I did mention, I was worried about before I went to to work that night it was just because i didn't feel like i got myself adequately clean but the water up there made my skin super dry and it was different softness hardness or whatever minerals or whatever because i had flaky um you know i have big ears and the skin on the top of my ears was kind of scaly dude I'm sure people don't want to hear about skin problems. I go on forever with skin problems. I think everybody at some point has some type of skin problems. You know, some people have eczema, and that's a a cross to bear. Uh, I think uh, you'd mentioned sometime that your Tom Brady diet might have helped some of that. Yeah, yeah. well, I didn't have eczema. It's psoriasis. Psoriasis, But uh, I think the cold showers are actually the thing that that did the most... uh, to help that that stuff out. Are but, you still on your Tom Brady? Man, I no am, but shade. there's no reason. I need to get off it because one, it's expensive. I can't afford it, and then two, I don't think it did anything. Like I, I certainly, I wasn't doing it to lose weight, but I thought that might be a, a side effect, but that didn't happen. And then um, I, I my joints don't hurt as much anymore, but I, I have no idea if that's psychosomatic or maybe. You know, just something else entirely. Right. I've been, been taking that osteobiflex every day. We sound like old men complaining about skin. Well, and we are old men. I mean, I'm older than you, but... Well, pretty close, yeah, yeah I guess. Because you're... 38. 38, and I'm 43, so we're uh same ballpark. But I'm definitely old. There's no doubt. Man, I don't feel old, though. I don't, I, I, I don't feel old either, And but I have to check myself. I mean, obviously, my lack of hair certainly tells me that. But I haven't gotten my mind, oh, I'm an old man. You know, I don't have that yet. And I think back to when we were kids, you know, somebody that was my age, their kids were in college because people had kids at a younger age back then in general. And so by the time I'm my age, my parents, I think I was graduating college, I think, maybe out. Um that's how old my parents were when I was my age. So that's kind of a a shock to my my thinking. Now I didn't think my parents were old at the time, but I always had parents friends who had, you know, quote unquote old parents. And I just found or found out a month or two ago one of mine and Heavy and Ty's friends growing up, he's having his first child uh, this coming year. So he's going to be like 44. Dude, I'm thinking about, I might have more kids to be honest with you. If I, I, if I ever get remarried, I, there is no way, man. So I've, I've just got the one. I, I don't necessarily know if I want more of my genes out there in the world. Uh, cause this kid is, is crazy with my genes and my ex-wife's genes. Like we can just see our, all oh, your traits, traits in, in her, that poor girl. But I'm thinking about maybe getting 
uh, adopting a kid, maybe getting a black kid, then nobody can say I'm ever racist. Um, I can just say, look, I'm not racist because I got a black kid. It's like the Where's ultimate, your black I've kid? got a black friend. Dude, I swear there's a guy in the Navy who married a black girl to say he wasn't racist. Every single time, like, there'd be a conversation come up, he'd be, hey, this happens to me and my wife. Like, and it's just pulling this out for no reason. So like, that's like uh, Tom and Louise on the Jeffersons. What? But I thought they love each other. That was a, those people look weird, both of them. Yeah. Lenny Kravitz's mom. Yeah. Yeah, she does. And, and that her husband looks like, uh, Igor or something like that. He's a that. big guy. He is a big guy. They, they disturb me. I, I was never comfortable whenever they came in the room. Well, I, I watched probably four or five of the first episodes of the Jeffersons a few months back. And that stuff holds up. I, I imagine it does. It, and it's kind of shocking because, you know, George is throwing the N-word around. and Oh, no no kidding. Yeah. Huh. I watched All in the Family not too long ago, and, and I, you know, heard heard some of that. but uh, And it's just, I don't remember that when I was a kid because I, I watched it as it was on in its later seasons, and I watched reruns of it. And, yeah, it's it's like, holy cow. Wow. wow. Going that. Yeah. He, I, I remember watching. I mean, it's George saying it. It's yeah. It's not like somebody's. Still though, I mean that's it's that's pretty shocking. I mean, I guess it's by by the standards then. I'm sure it had some shock, but it's not uh, clutch your pearls like now. Yeah, you know that would be a uh, a letter writing campaign and boycotting stuff. Going back and watching All in the Family, I wonder. I'd like to see the reaction of people today to All in the Family and some of the stuff they're saying. Like, I'd like to see because you know I'm trying to think. I think that started in like 73. Yeah. And I know it was shocking at the time. It was the most culturally progressive show of all time. Yeah, it was meant to be shocking. But just at the same time, there were a lot of people that fully supported what Archie was saying. Huh. So it was kind of this thing where the people that were getting it Uh were like, oh, yeah, we see that he's showing all the bad things. But there were people that didn't get, that weren't in on the joke. They were like, yeah, you tell them, Archie. You tell them, Archie. Huh. And I've read that every year, at least in the early years, whenever it came time to you know, talk about, are we going to do a second season, a third season, Carol O'Connor, who played Archie Bunker, would be literally in tears, not wanting to do it anymore. And uh, I can't even think of his name, the... Meathead. No, not Meathead. The guy behind Archie and, uh, oh my gosh. Carol. No, the. What was the the wife's name? Um, I just said Carol, but that's, uh. That's Carol Connors, the guy that played Archie. Yeah. I'm looking it up. Hold on. Is this a producer or something? Yeah, it's the guy that created it. And although it was based on a English show, Sally Struthers. Not Sally Struthers. Um, and the guy in the, in the British version was also the same sort of thing where, you know, it was, uh, dad gum it. Norman Lear. That was the guy that made it. Um, anyway, he would have to get in there and, you know, kind of work through and O'Connor would have his breakdown about it. And then like, okay. Cause Carol O'Connor was a very liberal guy. Yep. He wasn't anything like 
Archie Bunker or later on yep. when he was in, in the heat of the night TV, you know, he wasn't, he didn't play who he was. And that was always kind of one of those things where whether it was typecasting, I'm sure there was some of it, but even before he had all in the family, most of the things that I'm familiar with that he did, it was still a loud, bombastic, uh, a general or something like that where he's stirring stuff up and it, he's not who he really was type things. Well, man, the comedy, even though the, the shock value is high, I, have you gone back and watched that lately? No, I haven't. Because I, I found the comedy was just kind of, it's the same thing every episode. Oh, Archie, you know, these backwards opinions, how dare you? And then Meathead comes in like, oh, you're a jerk. And yeah. then everybody learns a lesson at the end. And I think you're pretty, I mean, that's pretty much standard for just about any of those shows of that time. Yep. Though. There's not a lot of, you know, I think we've been spoiled in recent years by shows that mix things up a lot and they'll throw you that, you know, we're doing this. I, you know, I know that, KJ hates It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but that's one where they'll just do all kind of crazy different types of Why episodes. Why does he hate it? I don't know. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, he's, I, I don't think he's quite, speaking of our black friend, he hasn't reached peak Caucasianness yet. Well, I don't know about that. I think I, he's going to eventually. Oh, I'm not supporting this statement at all. I don't. Yeah. I, well, I, it, for two different reasons. I don't think Always Sunny's necessarily peak Caucasian, and I don't think like he's trying to achieve peak Caucasian. I think I don't it, think he's trying to. I think it's just going to happen. Oh my gosh! I like okay. I don't his, know. His cake for his wedding was a river raft because they always go tubing on the. Uh, There's nothing wrong with tubing. No, there's nothing wrong with this. That's not Caucasian. I think we're. I have he was on a reality show for cakes. Man, but cakes are good. Cakes can be enjoyed by any, anybody. We we shouldn't break things down into this is. I don't know. I don't like speaking of white as pejorative either. Like I don't know. Like because cakes kind of seem. I mean, they're good, but they're not. Manly, you know, like, and, and, well, fuck, but then that's sexist. Never mind. For, I'm not going to say anything we ever can't again, win. ever. We can't yeah. win. Any, in our current situation, anything can be used against you in the court of public opinion. I guess. I, man, well, I don't know. As long as you're honest, I, I guess, and you're not. Well, a I jerk. think, I think it used to be that you could say things and people would be like that. But right now, there's somebody waiting to gotcha about anything. It's just like when anybody, in the political realm, makes a statement, there are hundreds of people going through everything that person's ever said or their group has ever said, trying to find the opposite of that. And to, we got you. Well, I think that people that are honest, like like South Park, they can say whatever the hell they want. Like they, And it's because... I don't know. They're out front about what what they're trying to do. Just mock everything. Yeah, and, and, and they they may be the last bastion of free speech. I worry. I, I do share your concerns about the the gotcha culture limiting free speech, which is something nobody could ever predicted. But I'm wondering if it actually. I think we're going to get over over it to the point where, you know, everybody's going to have that Google story about that one time they said something awful or. People, things were misinterpreted or whatever, right. and, and then people are just going to stop caring. Um, but we're not there yet. There's going to be um, some carnage along the way. It, it's it's funny to me 
to see how the free speech movement of the late 60s and early 70s has been totally, you know, it's flipped. The the sides flipped. It's like when they talk about how the, the poles of the earth are going to, magnetic poles are going to flip someday. I don't know if I'll buy that. I don't either. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. I'm not a geologist. I don't understand any of that. I don't understand that sort of thing. Um, I don't understand cosmology, but it is funny to see how the quote unquote liberals of the sixties were all about free speech. And then now the liberals of now are the speech police. You can't say that. So it's just kind of, it's a bummer. It, it is a bummer that, yeah, I mean, oh, fuck. This is a, a no-win conversation. I don't like that you can't have conversations. But, it, and, you know, and it, it goes back to, it goes back, and I think, I want to say you and I may have talked about this off-air a long time ago, how nobody can be honest about themselves, and they'll say, well, I'm pro-life for when it comes to abortion, but I'm pro-death penalty. Or I'm yeah. pro-life, but I don't want to do anything about these underprivileged kids. Yep. Or I'm pro-abortion, but I don't want to have the death penalty for murderers type things. You know, everybody can't, nobody, everybody thinks that they live in this black and white world where their opinion is A or B, it's, it's binary. But in reality, we live in a gray world, and everybody's somewhere on the spectrum of gray, but we don't like to be honest with ourselves and say, well, I'm not really being intellectually honest in my thinking here. Because going in those absolute worlds, that's a hard line. You've got to be a, a hard ass to be able to stick to it straight through all the way. And there are some people that can. Well, I think the key to doing it is just if you recognize that this is all ridiculous, and and uh, I don't know what I'm talking about, but neither do you. And I, I think that that's probably the common denominator in, in uh, the people that can say what they want. Louis C.K. used to be one of those guys that could do it. Before. Oh, he could do it. Yeah, he, he could do it. Uh, but but the South Park guys, I think that's what their their whole thing is. We're mocking just the whole human existence, and so if you do that, you can say what you want. Yeah, I'm amazed that the South Park guys have stayed on the air for as long as they've had considering how they have taken a shot at everything i'd be i'm going to be really sad if if the uh they they come for them with with pitchforks now, or whatever i don't think i've watched an episode in forever it's great man it's it's maybe i i think it's great i think it's actually uh, past couple years have been good and bad episodes but i think it's it's better than it's ever been well it's always amazed me how fast they turn around an idea yep. you know it can be something topical and they flip it in a week or two, so it's it's pretty impressive. But I don't know. So you got any other uh, maladies that we need to uh, address? I'm trying to think. Um, I've been sleeping great. I don't know, that, except for last night before you came over. Um, what else is going on? That's about it, I guess. Yeah. I don't think I've got anything going on right now. This on this week and Brad and Gustav's uh, health issues. <laughs> I've got a bunch of uh, ideas to talk about. Okay. Oh, let me give an update on one of our past idea issues. Okay. So we talked a long time ago about uh, your dream to live in a shipping container yes. built into a berm. Yep. And uh, solar power off the grid. 
So uh, a couple of months ago, I bought a 100-watt solar panel kit from Harbor Freight for about 150 bucks, and then a deep-cycle marine battery for about 80 bucks at Walmart. And I set it up outside the barn just to kind of play with. And that kit comes with a controller that you can plug some LED bulbs in and, you know, that's pretty neat. I never have tested to see how long they would run until the battery was down for that. But I picked up a old Coleman DC powered cooler okay. for like five bucks at the Goodwill. And somebody had monkeyed and had messed up. They tried to reattach a, um, cigarette lighter connection to it and they got it wrong so i cut that off and i wired it straight to the controller and that thing will run at about 36 degrees maybe cooler if my i'm not sure the thermometer i was using was accurate now the problem that i see is going to be for your thing you definitely probably want more than 100 watts of panels but it's the number of batteries that you need well uh tell uh, our twitter buddy he actually pointed something out, and I watched a documentary earlier today uh, while I was doing P90X. That's a whole other thing. But uh, uh watch a documentary today about batteries. Well, first off, he, he pointed out that Tesla's got this house battery coming out. Have you seen these things? I, I've heard mentioned, but I haven't looked into it. 4000 bucks. I don't know how many whatever power megawatts or whatever it holds, but apparently what it does is you can – Charge it up. It'll store the battery. You got a 10-year lifetime or 10-year um, guarantee, and it will store all this power. So what you can do is you, you know, solar power, wind power, you store it. That thing will run your house basically for the day. And, and what a lot of people are doing with it is they get the free nights, mm-hmm. and, and so they'll charge, charge it at night, night and then the, that'll provide AC and stuff for the day. So you get that thing. It's expensive now. But uh, I bet it's going to get even cheaper. That documentary I was watching, talking about improvements in batteries, we got coming up. But, yeah, you should have no problem then as, as long as you're getting solar power, which that's another thing Tesla's doing is a solar power roof. Um, well, I would think you'd need wind power too. Wind power, absolutely, yes. Because and, – and I haven't pulled the trigger to play with the – play with a wind generator. I've – I've got old issues of Make Magazine, which if you're a maker type and like to piddle with things, that's an interesting magazine. It's not always, it's a little more electronic oriented than I care for. I wish it was a little more manual type stuff, but it's still a good magazine. But they had a whole article years ago about building your old wind generator and hand coiling your uh, hand tying your coils and everything really you know i bet it'd be a lot easier than people think it's it's uh it's time consuming i think one of the big things is you would have to carve in that design these guys carved their uh propeller Uh uh-huh so yeah that's stupid just get it takes some effort and then you have to um of course have to build a tower yep to get it high enough now i saw and i it was, uh, they only got to see pictures of it. You had to pay for the plans, and I don't mind doing that, but it was a, a Canadian guy that had built a tip over, um, I think it was a 30 foot tower. So basically, it had a solid base that was bolted to a concrete footing, and then with a winch, 
you could raise and lower the top 20 foot of the tower. Okay. So it would pivot down and you could work on the generator itself and whatever you needed to do. And then you could crank it back up and it would go right back up. It's very, a very innovative design. So, cause that's the main thing is you got to get that height and, with, like we talked about last time, stick it on top of your chimney or just have it instead of a chim. And I said chimney weird. Chimney, chim chim- chimney. Yeah, so stick it on top of your chimney, uh, and and I, I think that you'd be able to get at least uh, enough to supplement the solar power. Yeah, I, I don't. I think it's definitely because I know there were days when it would be cloudy, and I would use up that battery on that that cooler, and it couldn't keep up. I'd get the warning that the battery voltage had dropped down too much for the controller and it would stop. So are you the only options there are more battery storage or something supplementing it. Yeah, you know what's kind of interesting, and I, I just thought this might be a horrible idea, but there's this uh, lake in Virginia. Have you heard about this where they, uh, during the day, they um, use this where they don't have enough power. They use it as a battery, basically they have the water, it's two separate lakes, top one, like a hundred yards up. And then, you know, one at the bottom and they run a, uh, turbine, a water turbine by letting the water go from the top lake to the bottom lake. But then they use the power that's generated at night by wind power to To pump the water back back up. And so I'm thinking my, my house, I need a water tank. So it's going to be, I was going to have two, one on top of a, one 500-gallon thing and then one below it. And I was going to use the water as gravity to, uh, you know, for the sinks and the toilet and everything like that. But I'm wondering if you could also use that as as a battery also. Well, I think unless you it had water... It might wa- be too complicated. You, unless you had water flowing into it from an outside source, evaporation is going to be your enemy. So for your situation, it would have to be a closed system. Yeah, you're right. So you wouldn't have the evaporation off. Now, if you're using it for, it, it kind of smacks of a uh, perpetual motion machine. Well, there's always going to be you know, friction, but you're. But yeah. you know what I'm saying. It, yeah. It, but that doesn't mean it couldn't be augmented, like you said, with the wind turbine power. And um, I don't know. I mean, I know there's lots of places and people do using um, tidal power generators and i never have gotten into those because i'm never probably going to ever be near living near an ocean so i don't even uh think i don't even about know what those. it is it's a, a it's basically uh oh you said tidal power, tidal power. I, I, yeah, I thought so, you were saying tidal power and i thought no, it was a brand i hadn't heard no, of tidal, okay tide the tides yeah okay uh but there's also people that create really small you know stream powered turbines yeah, and that goes back. I mean, you know, people have using been using water wheels longer than anything to make power, whether it's to grind. Uh, I think we're overcomplicating things. I think all, all you need is the wind thing. We'll buy one. I think they're two thousand bucks for a quality one. You get the solar panels, and then you get the Tesla battery. That's a lot of cost. There, it's going to be ten thousand bucks at least for yeah, that. Yeah, at least. But if you get that, I don't think you'll have, especially if you're talking about a small house. I think that'll meet just now, about all this, your energy this needs. House battery. Does it have a built-in inverter, or are you going to have to tack on an inverter? Because that's going to be minimum to power something like an air conditioner, like five hundred bucks up 
to you know thousands for a good inverter. I couldn't tell Big you answer all that. that stuff. Yeah, because, you know all that power is DC. Yeah, and you got to flip it over, and then you'll have some heat uh, energy loss due to heat for the inverter. Well, let's say it is. That's just a couple extra, couple hundred extra bucks. And again, like you wouldn't be able to. I don't know if it'd be able to enough to run a central AC unit. But if well, you wanna, I think you'd probably. Well, if you're going back to your storage container, then I think. If you had it compartmentalized, where you just cooled maybe your living area, yep. then I think just a small unit would probably be sufficient. I don't think you're trying to cool the whole connex. No, so this the storage container would just, the living area would be the sleeping area as well. Right. The problem I have with it is I want the minimal amount of holes going into it to just prevent the structural integrity so i'd have to have the kitchen by the bathroom which you know my apartment's like that i don't i don't see it that that bad unless it's i don't I do, know i can't I, imagine i, I do think it's awkward that you have to uh put the uh seat down of the toilet for you to open up the uh the door of the fridge yeah i, I find that odd so i'm used to it because that's the situation i live in now but um i think other people might be upset if, if you had because that my design would have the the kitchen right beside the bathroom. It's very European. It, yeah. Okay. I mean, it just makes sense because you you well, want to minimize plumbing. plumbing yeah. yeah. Um. You know, I never have really lived in a small space. I mean, I've had small apartments, but even then, they weren't small. Um. Other than maybe when I was in a dorm, that really doesn't count because you're really only sleeping there type thing. You know, you yep. don't have to cook or anything. But I've got some friends, and they listen to the podcast some. Uh, they're gearing up to go live on a sailboat. Okay. And that's talk about, again, power, but also really maximizing your space because I can't remember what the size of their current boat is, but it's not big. It's just the two of them. And so... Dudes? No, a uh, dude and a... Husband and wife. Okay. Boy, that seems that seems to be like I don't know how I don't know. Maybe they're deeply in love, but being around one other person for that long seems like it's a. They're, they are deeply in love. Now I don't think they're sailing the world. Okay, but I do think they want to maybe kind of have that Florida Keys lifestyle, you know, and sail around the Caribbean and stuff like that. So they're selling everything except for the sailboat. I believe that's their goal. Yeah, man. Okay. Right now they've. They've got a boat, and it's on a major lake around here, and they spend all their time honing their skills sailing. And they, I think they go stay on, on the weekends. And then uh, their goal is to maybe sell the house. They don't have any kids. And I think that their jobs they could do from anywhere and go to someplace like the coast or the, the Gulf Coast or Florida. And then if they need to, maybe rent like an office space or something or storage container and just do their work there and then go to the, uh, to the boat and live. And then when they want to, they can pick up and go yeah, someplace else. hear each other taking shits and stuff though. Like I, I maybe, I don't want to, I know these are your friends, but that, that's a reality they need to, to face. You know, I think they're okay with that. I, All right. I mean, it's, it's one of those things in, I'm not an open door policy, and I don't think they are either. But yeah, that's definitely uh, it's a proximity issue. 
And I do remember the first episode of your podcast ever so long ago. We heard about, you know, turning the shower on and all that stuff. So I, I get your po- your your point. It's not it's not what humans shouldn't do that. They so, shouldn't recognize Do you the ever other think person. about that 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 was your first episode? You came yeah. out swinging with that? Yeah, I think about it. I I think it's a good way to open things cuz that sort of establishes me as a character. You know, I I miss those early days. Boy, I do too. I I, I don't you know, I think it's when Brian like got got with yeah. Aubrey. She's she's amazing. Yeah, she's, she's great. I've met her. She's very nice. I think we had to tone it down a little bit at that point. Yeah, it know? definitely uh, turned into then a little got more divorced. respectable. Yeah, and, and I think that had to tone down. I couldn't get into the personal stuff yeah. as much there. So yeah, yeah. I wish we, I like I liked when we. Just, I still enjoy it. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly on this last episode when you had to beep things out since I beeped so much out. Yeah, it was. I, I had I, to download the censor button, which yeah. is something I never done before. I found that very entertaining to hear somebody else go through the trouble of having to listen to what they've done and go back and catch the things you don't want out there. Yep. So I saluted you on that. I also was uh, proud of you for your trolling about taking a nap. That's the Online. that's the best way to get somebody because remember when you're a kid oh yeah and I do it to my kid too like she she's legit tired I'm like you're tired that will set her off like no oh, yeah you tell a kid they need to take a nap and they're tired pisses them off yep you and tell it, me I need to take a nap I'm like that sounds pretty damn good that sounds amazing leave me the hell alone I think you know? I will yeah yeah that'd be great so so that I told this guy and he just he just flipped out and I encourage other people if you got somebody you want to troll just just tell them they need a nap. So one thing you mentioned on your episode was about, uh, you know, we have a a friend, um, fellow podcaster, Trey uh, from The Ticket. He uh, has his uh, Twitch channel, and you mentioned something about on Amazon, you can subscribe to them. So this is what I, I one of the reasons I was thinking about starting a Twitch channel and doing some history BS on there. But everybody who gets Amazon Prime gets one free subscription to Twitch, all right? And okay. I could be completely wrong about this. You can, well, Ryan probably be the one to ask, but you can just subscribe to anybody on Twitch. But if you give the subscription from Amazon Prime, which everybody has, to somebody, it's like a special subscription. That person receives, I think it's five bucks a month. Wow. So um, if you just go to Ocean 2 or um, Craytray Vids. I'm not going to... to- Ryan's. Yeah, I don't. But I was thinking about doing that because I'm not going to ask for Patreon or anything because I feel guilty about doing that. Like, But, you know, if there was an additional service like that and people aren't using the Amazon Prime membership, I'd ask for it. But I'm not going to do it. So give it to, to Craytray. Well, I, I may throw it to Craytray because I know he puts in a lot of work on his videos. And I've watched some of them. Most of them I don't because most of them are about video games that I've never played and never will. But I know he works hard and that help out Trey, uh, and he's a good dude. Forget Ryan. Uh, Don't give it to him. I'm yeah. not giving it to him. He's a successful business owner and, you know, all I've, that stuff. I've determined that if uh, if uh, my ex-wife um, got remarried, I'd want her to remarry Trey, and I'd want him to be your kid's, kid's new stepdaughter dad? or stepfather, you know, because he's – I can beat him up, which you can't say about a lot of people. Right. Um, but he's incredibly nice and kind-hearted, you know, and so uh, that combo right there. I think that's a, I think that's a winning strategy. Yep, that's the most interesting strategy I've ever heard for your 
for your ex wife. Well, I'm, I'm going to try and get those guys. Uh, it sounds like love a, a plot to a movie. You it know, does. It might have had like Robin Williams or something. R.I.P. Yeah, Lindsay Lohan. I think Parent Trap was one of the similar. Hey, concept. that I'm a fan of both Parent Traps, both the original with Haley Mills and Brian Keith and Maureen O'Hara, and then the uh, the one with Lindsay Lohan. In fact, I used a clip from that when we were talking about uh, Bo's lower piercing the other day. Did you hear that episode? Boy, I did. It disturbs me. I, I have a, a whole impression of Bo. Like if I don't, I've never seen his face. I've just seen his Twitter handle with right. the snow on it. And I imagine him to be like my buddy Lucas from North Carolina, from growing up in North Carolina, and um, you know, just some normal dude, and and that completely throws it. Well, he's a normal dude. He just happens to have some. He can't pass through a metal detector. Boy, that that's just hard to think of. Man. I can't imagine doing that. But he became with that one email. I think he's become a piece of legend. In the can you hear me? Uh, Stuff spraying pantheon. everywhere. Like I don't know. Like first of all, well, I don't and- know. I don't first. Okay, number one, we don't know the nature of the piercing. Okay. It could be the Prince Albert, where it kind of goes through and it's sticking out the urethra and goes through there. It could be a ladder where it's going crossways across the shaft. I mean, it just seems like, uh, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't have one. I'm not going to have one. I really don't want to see Bose either. He could tell me. He could do a courtroom artist rendition. That'd be okay, I guess. But uh, guy in the Navy had a smiley face on the head of his dick and I, I had to look at it so he, he pulled it out and um uh apparently you know he got it while he was a like tattoo a, a tattoo of a smiley face on the head of his dick right. and, and he said that uh the lady would poke him because it was a woman and and she'd have to poke him right whenever which i, I won't get into stories of it when i was getting tested to get in the navy it was a woman and i was there was issues there but anyway the thing was all misshapen and stuff because, you know... Well, it, the head of the penis is not the, the canvas that most artists practice on. Yep. It's not going to stay the it's same not, for... Yeah, it's dynamic. Yeah. I've seen pictures. I've never seen a tattooed penis in person. I'll mark that one for Ty later. Um, but I have seen some pictures. Uh, there's a guy on Tumblr called the White Trash Jet Setter. Mm-hmm. And he's heavily tattooed, and he has a tattooed peen. And I think he wrote a, a little blurb about how he either was talking to somebody while he was high about having a a tattoo on his dick, or he bragged about it, and then he thought, well, now i got to go get my dick tattooed, and he did. He, you know, he tries to live up to his chosen name there, White Trash Jet Setter, so... Okay, he's he's embracing that fully. I for whatever reason the tattoo on the dick, I, I, it's not something I do, but that seems a hundred times better than the the, the uh, piercing. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you're think. I mean, I've never gotten a tattoo. Obviously, you have. Unfortunately, I have. Yeah, and we know that that's an unfortunate time in your life uh, when you were part of the Rebel Alliance. <laughs> Was it Rebel or was it Empire? It was Empire. It was oh, Empire. Okay, sorry. And then I got this one. I don't know if I've heard tell the story about it. Um, Valentine's Day. It was actually the girl. I told you this before. It was the girl that lives in your neck of the woods, which I won't say. Or okay, had, yeah. Had yeah. The, the house up there. Week before Valentine's Day, I said, hey, we should um, 
well, I never had any uh, attraction to her. I mean, she's very pretty, but all my friends liked her, and they were always fighting over her and everything. I never had that for whatever reason. I just didn't like her. But then we were at a party a week before Valentine's Day. I ended up asking her out just on a whim and like, hey, since we're not going with anybody, we should go out together. And then after I asked her out, she said, yeah. And I started thinking, man, I really like this girl. And I spent that whole week, like I sold my Nintendo 64. I sold, I think, my old bike. I I don't remember the exact circumstances, but I got like 200 bucks together to take this girl out on Valentine's Day. Well, I went out the night before Valentine's with some friends, and I ran into her, and I said, Hey, I'm planning to pick you up tomorrow about 7. Is that okay? Uh, I think I was going to drive my uncle's Ford Fairlane to, to pick her up, which was uh, right. a pretty pretty sweet move. Um, but anyway, uh, she said, Oh, I thought you were joking. I'm going with so-and-so. And so I'd already signed up to join the Navy. We're at this place. at a fake ID. Got boozed up. Right. And I thought, I'm going to do what all other Navy guys do. And get a tattoo, and I got this stupid tattoo so, of this uh, eagle and the yeah. American flag. I mean, it's a it's an America fuck yeah tattoo, but it's an, it's it's more of a biker thing or something. I don't than, think it's. I mean, I know you're not happy with it. It's not, especially since you did serve in the Navy. I think it's very appropriate. It's explainable, is what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. But and it's not one of those tattoos. Even though you're not happy with it, it's not like I've got a guy that we grew up with that has a Tasmanian devil cop on his shoulder and he's a cop. Okay. Yeah. But it's a Tasmanian devil. You know, it's not like back the blue or yep. any of that. It's a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon character. Yep. So that is, I get that you're not happy with it, but I, you know, my grandfather, he was in the Navy. He had, he was real dark skinned and spent all his time out in the sun, and it was back in the Korean War, his tattoos were just blurs. You mm-hmm. know, they were just black blobs by then. But we also had a friend, well, that friend that he's getting, uh, having a kid for the first time at 44, his dad had a, when he was in the Navy, he got the, a hoochie girl with the stars and uh, bars as a dress. Whoa, weird. On his forearm. Okay. So... You know, I think that one's that one's bad, that's yeah. fine. You know, I, I think it, bring back to your friend that's forty four. I, I think that's the perfect time to have kids. Maybe a little oh, bit younger man, than that. I don't think so. I think and we waited. We didn't have our first till I was thirty, and we got married when let's see, twenty five. 26. Anyway, we got married in our mid-20s, and then we had a few years together alone, which I think is great and the way to do it, and then we started with around 30, and I think that's fine. I look at my friends that might have had kids early on due to circumstance, and their kids are already in college or in jail or whatever, and in one way, I'm like, look at them. They're free now, but at the same time, I'm like, they probably really struggled when they were 22 with this kid. Yeah. Whereas at 30, we had our shit together and it just, not that there weren't trials and tribulations, but there weren't any big problems. You know, nothing came up that derailed everything. I think that's probably for me, the sweet spot. There is no way I would want to have a kid at this age. My wife's brother has a couple of young kids and he's about our age. And we kept, one of them who's 16 months or something a few weeks ago and 
my wife did most of the work. No way. No. Uh, yeah. even, you know, 24 hours of that was just exhausting. And let alone having it day and night. I guess my thing was that when I had the kid, it was like right when I was the hardest part of the career, you know, like right. it was, you know, getting the book out there and, you know, finishing up the dissertation and everything. And, and now I'm just sitting here like I don't have that much to do. And, and, and now I get to finally party with her and everything like yeah. that. So, but there's also the thing where, and we've got a friend that's just found out they're going to have a, a, yeah, a little girl. And for a dad, there's really no, to me, there's not a lot of bonding happening until that kid's toddling around. You really don't feel yep. that connection as a father until they can interact with you. Yep. I mean, you you love them when they're born and you get all teary-eyed seeing the sonograms, all that stuff, but it's not the same as the bond between the child and the mother until, in my case, till they were t- moving around and stuff. Yeah. So I, I, I know they did like, you know, he revealed, you know, what they're having and stuff, but he's probably got another year before that. I mean, the kid's not due till the winter, but four or five months after that, before it really turns into this is my kid. Yep. Uh, that actually brings up a good thing. So you were listening to Muse. Did you listen to the Musers this morning? I heard a little bit of it, but not okay. A lot. So they talked about you know people on their phones and um, you know people throwing the phone at the kid and things like that. You mean giving the phone to the kid to, to placate them? Yeah, okay. yeah. They were talking about not that. throwing it at the kid. No, to like hey, fuck you, kid. No, here, leave me alone, kid. And I admit. I do that, and I am scared. Like, a lot of the, their talk these days is getting to sort of old man talk Oh, or yeah, they've gotten very old man, even old man, more old man than us. Yes, but I am so worried that, that what they got is true because I kind of consider myself to be the harbinger of the millennial generation. I think I'm more millennial than, than Gen, Gen X, X yeah. even though I'm uh, at the tail end of Gen X. And uh, one of the things that I was raised on video games and screens and – uh, you know, not as much as kids these days, but I had a lot of time spent in front of a TV and with video games. And I think that's affected a little bit of my attention, my interaction with people, things like that. And when I had the kid, and I think this might also be just, just my, I'm really focused on work and I got anxiety and all this other stuff, but it may also be a product of being raised on the screens. Like, I, I have a hard time, like, dealing with a harder time, I think, than parents, you know, a generation ago when she's constantly interrupting in my attention and interrupting here, like, because I'll get focused on something. And then when she'll ask for something like it, it just rips me out of it. It's almost like painful. And I don't know if that's normal. Like, I think most people can just shrug off the kid and say, you know, all right, I'll get to you in a second. I'll get to you in a second. But I can't like it's like uh just my focus has got to be entirely into something. And so like, I will give her the iPad, like here, I I need some, and I'm worried that she's then going to be raised on this. She's going to do that to her kids. And pretty soon it's just going to be, I I don't know what it's going to be. So she's four, four. Yeah. Um, so mine are 13, 12 and nine. And certainly when the, Older two, the boys were little. The 
availability of screens, you know, wasn't the same as now. And we got them kind of this, uh, I think it was called like a knobby or something. It was basically like a little kid's kind of pad that had just some basic things yeah. on it. And they had those maybe when they were like five or six. And they played with them some, but not a lot. Now, they had a Wii back then. They'd play that. Um, but it wasn't just a stop down. We, we didn't ever just use that as a babysitter, really. And that's not a judgment. It's just yes. I don't remember it being something that really did. Now, we did use heavily when they were little DVD player in the truck. Okay. So if we went anywhere, there was a DVD playing. That's we don't have that. That's one of the few times you and know that even to this day, like I live about twenty miles from my parents and then about twenty something miles from my wife's parents. And I'm not sure any of my kids could tell you how to get hmm. to our their grandparents' houses. Whereas I was a kid looking out the window and I could have drawn maps of all kinds of stuff. Now also back then my grandparents and great grandparents and all these people that shuttled me around, they drove around all the time. They would just go riding on like Sunday evening or something. So I spent a lot more time in the car needlessly ambling around the countryside that my kids never have. So that's was what I was going to get to. So when I grew up, I I grew up in North Carolina. We had woods everywhere. Like we had creeks. We had, I mean, just tons of spaces between houses. And I remember they just let us go since when I was, when my kid or when I was my kid's age now, we could, I could walk around the neighborhood. Like that's insane to me right now. And I think if I, I did that, well, one, I can't do that because I don't live in that type of area. Sure. Um, but even if you did, you still wouldn't feel that way. I mean, you, I, you I think still... I'm afraid the neighbors would judge me, which is well, shitty. You know, like I, I, it's, it's a number one, it's a different time. So it's a safer time. So it should be less of the statistically. Judgment. It's a safer time. Yep. But I, and we both know the statistics don't always show the reality of things. So, because everybody's so much more helicopter parent type and so much more guarded with their kids, I wonder if that's not why part of it is a safer time. Like right now, I'm listening to some old podcast from the last podcast on the left, guys, about Henry Lee Lucas, the serial killer. Okay. And how they were just roaming the countryside. You know, they would just head out and they would stop if anybody was broke down on the side of the road because cars used to break down a lot more often back then and they would help somebody and they would kill them. Okay. And you know, just, just out there just roaming around killing people through Texas, through Arizona, New Mexico. And now number one, most people don't stop for other people because they're afraid somebody's going to kill them a lot of times or they're just too busy. Yep. But also most people are very reticent to accept help. Like you're not going to, somebody's not going to stop and you're not going to get in the car with them and go somewhere. Yeah. Whereas at that time in the seventies, people would do that. Do you need, are you in trouble? Do you need me to give you a lift up to the yeah, pay phone? And you can call somebody. Yeah, sure. Thanks. And then they kill them. 
It's just like people don't hitchhike anymore in general. I mean, there are, you know, there's certain parts of the country you see it more than regular, but now you don't see it. I think you're right a little bit, but I also think people are more worried about CSI and shit like that. Like they're, they see other people get caught and they assume they're going to get caught. I think your general killer doesn't think about that and your criminal doesn't really think about that. I think so. You think he's just got less opportunity now? I think that there's some of that. Just like I think that most instances of, and it may have always been this way, like most instances of a sexual abuse of a minor occur from somebody that they know. Mm -hmm. Now, that somebody that they know might used to also have included the neighbor down the street. Hmm. Whereas now, that kid doesn't have the opportunity to even go into that sphere. It's like, I don't watch Family Guy very much in the last, I don't know, eight or nine years. But they used to have that character that was the old man that was always trying to get the kid to come in. And I think in the old days, lots of people could probably identify that creepy old guy that lived down the street from them. But now, kids don't have that opportunity to ever interact with that creepy old guy. So maybe now that creepy old guy doesn't have the opportunity to molest somebody. <sighs> but is the kid, well, I guess that's a completely different discussion. I, 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 I'm not going to argue that the kid is better off for having the experience of not escaping from molestation or whatever. <laughs> but, but, uh, no, I, I do bemoan the fact that kids can't just go explore and I'm telling do that you, sort of thing. If if I lived in the area where I lived and I knew people weren't going to judge me for letting my kid out, I think I'd let the kid out and roam around. Right. I, 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 I don't know. Just because I think that stuff isn't going to happen because it didn't happen to me, you know, but, you know, it could be wrong, but. I mean, I grew up in the same, you know, I grew up even earlier a little bit and yeah we roamed around i lived out in the country so and on about 60 acres so i was just roaming around home mostly yep but as certainly when i would go to town or stay with somebody uh spend the night with somebody yeah we'd roam around their neighborhoods and stuff i don't know of anybody that got molested but i also that doesn't mean it didn't happen they just might not have talked about it but you know, I mean, kidnapped. I mean, and you—you you were talking the other day. You knew a lot of people that died and stuff like that. Oh yeah, that. we had tons of people die. Huh? Man, I don't know. Maybe I think I might have just have been really fortunate to to grow up in a in a really cool place. Now, only one of those do I think that there was anything malicious or malicious. Okay. So uh, we mentioned the girl that was had the heart problem where she was cyanotic and always low on oxygen. We were, you know, I first had a class with her in kindergarten and my mom's like, she has, you know, a problem, you know, they, they always prepped us and she didn't die till junior high. And then we had lots of car wrecks and that sort of thing. But we had one guy that died of quote unquote exposure in eighth grade down by the old cotton mill or the cotton gin. And that's not how 13 year old boys die. Yeah. You know. Huh. It's a very so I, that one I think something something happened. was up whether it was drugs because he was a thug and that's yeah. what we called white trash. Uh, it didn't have the same meaning as modern culture has, but that one there was something up with that. Yeah. One. But for the most part, I, it was a it was car wrecks, it was accidents, drowning, and the you know 
going out on ice when you're a kid. It yep. shouldn't be that sort of thing or uh, that sort of thing. But that was the only malicious one that I can think of. Well, on on so that's one of my concerns is I'm giving her too much screen time. Another one of my concerns is uh like I try to keep. Like the violent, like I don't know where I stand on what violent stuff she could see because I think you guys, you're pretty open about, like you, you mentioned you, you cut up the chicken. Yeah. To show your kids the eggs. Yeah. We could, we, when I've slaughtered chickens, we'd go and we'd look at the eggs or when I've killed a snake, we'd cut it apart and yep. dissect it. Uh, we were, we weren't like, you know, the boys always had toy guns. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. We weren't. That, but we didn't let them play violent video games probably till a couple of years ago. Okay. So they could play Lego games. Yep. You know, where all they're doing is, you know, nothing. Slapping people. Yeah, slapping people or whatever. And that was the extent that we would let them play, but I wouldn't let them play old Xbox 360 games that my brother had of like, Ghost Recon or something yeah, like that, yeah. where they're shooting somebody. Uh, well, I actually, I'm, I might be interrupting here, but this no, is go ahead. good transition for. I, I'm pretty much the same way. Like Zelda, I was really reluctant to play it in front of her, but I figured it's just swords. She's not going to really ever see a guy with a sword, you know, or anything like that. But Mario uh, stuff like that. But I, I just started playing one. It's um called uh I did, we actually just beat it i can't remember alone in the dark not alone in the dark uh one of the never, horror games no no it's not a horror game okay. it's called never alone like I, I wouldn't play anything scary in front of her but it's basically an, an inuit girl and she's got a, a friendly fox and it's like it weaves real history into it like it it's a uh, the girl gets home to her village has been destroyed and i think it's implying that the village was destroyed by like russian fur trappers or right. something and, but it's, it's just shown in through drawing and it's really cartoonish graphics. And so you're, you know, jumping here, the fox is jumping there and it's like this friend thing. And it's implied that this is, you know, sort of religious tale and the, the fox is her spirit guide or something like that. But anyway, you get to, there's some kind of scary stuff. Like you have to run from a polar bear, but it's never anything really bad. But you get to this one part and the Russian fur trapper c- comes after you. He grabs the fox and he snaps the fox's neck. And so I'm here with a four year old watching this mainly peaceful game. And then the fox drops to the ground. Like, I'm like trying to explain that that's something else. Like, oh, he must have just, uh, um, made the fox go to sleep or something. You know, I don't know if that's the right, right way to do things. Like, uh, uh, to, to prevent her from knowing about death. And, yeah. And, and I, I don't want her to know about evil stuff either just yet. So, Death was something that we, that wasn't ever something we, death itself, we didn't hide from that. Um, we had, and I know recently Ray Landfill was dealing with the, having to possibly put down one of the family pets. So we had that situation and we got them all together and we talked about, you know, how the dog's sick and the vet can't do anything more for her to make her life better. It's just going to keep her going, but it wouldn't be a good life and all that stuff. And then we had a, you know, I brought the dog home. We had a funeral out in the back in the orchard and all that. So that sort of thing. And like I said, they'd seen me slaughter chickens or kill snakes or whatever. We, 
stayed away from ultraviolet stuff. Yeah. And then eventually it's kind of eased in, you know, we, the boys play zombie games like seven days to die, which I turned into playing that a bunch too. battlefield, stuff like that. So pretty much, unless it was just super, just exploitation level violence. Yeah. I would probably say, eh, you know, like, like I haven't shown them kill bill volume one. You know, I'm holding off. There's something yeah, I that, don't. That seems to, I can't, I have trouble watching, not that particular one, but certain, like, Saw. I don't see, I think yeah. it's just gross. Like, yeah, so yeah. we don't, haven't gone that far. And as far as our kind of raunchy humor, we've kind of stepped into the PG-13, low-level R level. Like, we, the boys and I have been watching jackass movies here lately. That's you know? great. So That's that great. sort of thing. Yep. With heavy, heavy warnings, don't do this kind of shit. And, okay. you know, they know things like the thing that, you know, made me lose a tooth. They know that story. So I'm like, if you do stupid stuff, it'll either kill you or can this can happen type stuff. And they think I'm stupid forever having done stupid stuff. But that doesn't mean they're not still not going to do something. Now, at that age of my boys, we were out doing stupid stuff. Yeah. Which is part of the yep. freedom that, you know. When they were rolling down hills and uh, construction vehicle tires, we were doing it in barrels when we were nine down the banks of a pond. That's badass. Your kids are doing that? No, we were. Oh, okay. You know, but my kids don't. But on Jackass, they saw that. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. You know, that hurts. I did that when I was your sister's age. And then I sat back and thought, holy shit, I did that when I was nine. How did we not die? Yeah. thing. Hey, Muscle Arm, why the long face? Oh, it's this girl. I can't talk to her. It's like girls are a different species or something. Oh, uh, who needs them? You like popsicles? Well, sure. And you need to come on down to the cellar. I got a whole freezer full of popsicles. Mmm. No, thanks. I gotta get going. Oh, don't make me beg now. <laughs> You're funny. Bye. Get your fat ass back here. What do you think, Mr. Dodge? I think I'm going to get my ass kicked, sir. I don't think like that. Damn it to hell, don't go by the book. Think like a pirate. I want a man with a tattoo on his dick. Have I got the right man? By a strange coincidence, you do, sir. And world-class championship wrestling, I'm Bill Mercer with Jay Saldy. Good night from Dallas, Texas.